Hello and welcome to Kingdom Quest episode 341. Uh, I'm your host. Had something clever to say, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, but totally forgot. David McBurney, fully certain that Wheels never actually thought of something clever to say. Damn it, I have... Um, no counter. Your managed pen, Michael Baker, Gaiji Minogatari, currently hiding the baseball bat that robbed Wheels of the clever thing that he was about to say. See? See? Beat up the brat. Beat up the brat with the baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Well, any kind listeners um, saw what I was streaming the day before this podcast you'll know why my brain is probably somewhat rattled should i yes oh should i ask uh, another solo destiny dungeon run uh yeah i saw you playing destiny like a, but i assumed that, that was normal so and it took about an hour and a half longer than it should have because uh, I thought there was still a cheese at the end, and there was not. So basically, I threw the first attempt where I got to the final stand for the last boss and had to redo that whole encounter. Which I don't understand sense. you, but... You got it done. It was crazy. It's done. It's done. Hooray, you're free. Rain hurts. Time to play uh, Pathways in the Darkness instead. Good idea. Uh, yeah, if if you've ever watched like a speed run of a game or like any kind of crazy challenge before and just wondered how the hell do they do that? Um, I feel like after having done this for another dungeon in Destiny, the answer is lots of practice and muscle memory. Practice, muscle memory, and a fair bit of luck. Yes. So hey, uh, do we want to talk about the the thing that sucks this week? I guess yes. Uh, Microsoft is laying off a bunch of people from their gaming division. So many. Like, well, not even just Microsoft, but like everyone. Yeah. Everyone's laying, doing mass layoffs. It sucks. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't. Uh, so the the thing I. I've felt while looking at the Microsoft is uh, there was always going to be a huge round of layoffs after the because they could just put their own people in certain places yeah. instead of playing. That was inevitable. That sucks. It was inevitable. I don't honestly think that a significantly smaller number of people would have been laid off if Activision Blizzard was still a separate entity mm. because. Activision Blizzard kind of did this every year when it made no sense, even in years when other companies weren't. Yeah. Like, it was not that long ago that, like, like I think maybe, like, at most 18 months ago that Activision Blizzard laid off, like, 900 people, not even at the start of a fiscal year, in a period when, like, they were posting, like, some sort of record profit from some Call of Duty or another. It's like, they did not... It, it is, the miserable fate of this industry and this company, the sheer number of layoffs that we've experienced thus far this year is truly hellish. Yeah. 
And honestly, like, because I believe we're currently at like 5,900. It's gross. Like, we are not done with January. And uh, we probably continue to see layoffs apace. And it sucks. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I guess my question would be, did video games do bad last year? No, the opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah, so... What the fuck? Um, because American companies have been trained to just do massive layoffs to improve share hold, uh, share stock equity or whatever. Yes, we need to we need to successfully train shareholders into understanding that mass layoffs means that management is fucked up really bad. Yes. Yes. As it seems like uh, ever since the eighties, it's been. If a company's doing really well, that's the best time to start laying people off so that it's paying less to its employees and still making the profits. And then the next quarter, everything goes to pot because they're, yeah, blah, 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 blah. They're only planning for one quarter at a time, so. Yeah, the, the the thing to always keep in mind is that, like, this is, that the market is a, is, as a concept, something that pretends to be rational. But which has is almost entirely built on essentially untested superstition. Every attempt to analyze like the effects of layoffs on a healthy company is actually it usually costs you a lot more money. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, between money spent training new people when you do have to hire them, and the fact that you've just lost most of your institutional memory. Yeah, tons of brain drain. Uh, like the cost of severance is non-zero, so like theoretically, the immediate co- uh, the immediate expense save doesn't isn't actually very much. And yeah, you're you're paying for it for years because you also when you lay off a ton of people, you increase the voluntary attrition rate because people no longer trust you to keep them employed for uh, because you will capriciously lay them off for no reason. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that's like you know people will leave on their own terms. Uh, it, it tends to increase the attrition rate by like tens of percents. It's it's wild. Uh, it's it's hellish, and I hate it. And I <laughs> yeah, just just needed to talk about that. Heart goes out to. Uh, the people laid off at Microsoft, people laid off at Riot, people laid off at like a bazillion other places. Uh, it's, it's just, and you can tell uh, that this is being done to look good for shareholders because it's always kind of the same percent. Like it's always in that like, yeah, somewhere in that eight to twelve percent range. That number that's like. The, the very, like, hearkening back to ancient practices, like, literal decimates It's sort of like, oh, we can look good for shareholders by fucking uh, the same way that, like, uh, fucking Romans would cow you the line. Decimation. It's just like, Jesus, it's, it's just fucking hellish. Sorry. Okay, oh, that's, uh, that's we need a major uh, labor uprising, like they did in the oh, 20s yeah, and fair. 30s. Yeah, yeah, no, no arguments here. Uh, 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's just making video games in terms of things that sucked. It sucks. Uh, but hey, there's good video games coming out. That's fun. Uh, are they like dragons? It's like a dragon infant wealth. That's really important to me. Yeah. Uh, we got a the... review up already. Yeah, yeah, I need to read that. I discussed with the person reviewing it a while ago. Well, didn't discuss, but I was listening to them talk about it. Uh, yep. So they, they seemed to be having a good time with it. Mm. But. Yeah, Sam's always uh, had yeah. a fun time with that series. Yeah, fun. yeah. She's uh, the, one, of, one of the. If, if, if someone's going to review it, it's usually her. <laughs> Looking, looking forward to getting to that eventually. Uh, I'll probably have the motivation to just plow through what's left of uh, Gaiden to get to infinite wealth. So, uh, uh, what's the other thing? Uh, oh yeah, and for for sickos like me, uh, the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy uh, just came out. Oh, Physically released. Physically released only on Switch. Which which ones are those? That is four through six. Okay. Uh, calling it the Apollo Justice trilogy is is a like profound act of retconning. <laughs> uh, when they released five in uh, the U.S. especially, but in general, they were uh, they they. The marketing was all about how, like, the, there was a, a broad swath of people very upset that Phoenix was no longer the protagonist of Four, and so the marketing in general Five was like, "Phoenix is back," <laughs> uh, and then that in was a game, <laughs> and that was a game where the fan general response was, "Oh man, Apollo was really fun in this game." <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, they they still maintain that Phoenix was the protagonist of Six, but you can tell because in its original logo, he's the one that's in the silhouette. But the, he has, honestly, very little to do with its core plot. Uh, so they, through a profound act of retconning, uh, decided that this is, that 4 through 6 is the Apollo Justice trilogy, which is very, very funny. Um, given how they spent, like, 10 years running away from the fact that they had made a protagonist of four. Uh, but, uh, and so that, that will make it so that the only games not in that franchise available are the investigations duology, which mm. will probably end up coming at some, at some point. The big problem with investigations is that one of the games is really good. And one of the games is probably the worst in the series. Uh, hmm. Investigations one is fucking awful. Uh, I, I don't I, like as as a basic concept. Of, it, it fails very basic storytelling in like a really profound way because it like builds up the this this particular character. Uh, as as the as the emotional villain, like Edgeworth has this girl tagging along with him, her dad's dead. Uh, you find out who did it. Uh, the villain uh, is captured in the final case. The villain is captured a quarter of the way through the final case, 
And then the rest of the case is this extremely uninteresting international, uh, like international, like smuggling ring dispute that has a guy uh, just like you, you just having to interrogate him for like 10 straight interrogations. This takes like four to five in-game hours uh, just trying to waste his time until his inter his diplomatic immunity is revoked. It takes forever. <laughs> it's utterly miserable. It is a complete failure of pacing. I have no idea why. Like it, it, it resolves the it is resolved backwards in a dr literal dramatic sense. It's it's awful. It, it, there's there's other things that suck about it uh, because of the way that they because the game is in anachronic order. They introduce, uh, it, it fucks up their ability to introduce, like, there's a rival character that is supposed to be, like, the person that you're uh, debating uh, in order to, like, determine who is, the, who is the guilty party in this investigation. There's this rival character that's introduced. Because the game's in anachronic order, though, even though he's the rival character, he's only in two cases out of five. So he doesn't have enough time for an arc. And also... The, the core premise of this rival character is flawed because the fundamental premise behind the game is that uh, you're, you're playing as Edgeworth, the protagonist from uh, the, the uh, prosecutor from the first game. He's supposed to be like pound for pound for pound, the most intelligent character in the series. And so their idea for how to create a rival for him was to create a character that, like, okay, so he's the brain, so this rival is, like, the, the brawn? He's, like, a physically imposing man. And that doesn't make any sense for an investigation. He Like, this guy is essentially made out to be an idiot in every single discussion that you have with him. And so he's not... He, he does not present, like, dramatically. He does not work as an intellectual rival for anyone in the series, but especially not the character who's supposed to be its most intelligent. So, like, any time that you're talking to him, you re you know that you're wasting your time, because he's not going to say anything that eliminates any interesting... He's not going to produce interesting evidence, he's not going to produce interesting theories, and eventually you're just going to have to start yelling at the person who actually did things, and tearing down their, like, uh, alibis and shit, and it's just like, why are you here? What what purpose do you serve in this plot, Shilong Lang? You are a waste of my time, and he is... Oh, God, it sucks. That game is awful. And it's even worse, because its sequel is actually really good, but because the first one did so poorly on the DS in English, they never localized it. There's a fan translation. Quite good. But it they just skipped it. God, fuck. <laughs> Investigations want it so fucking bad. Mm. Sorry, I, I had to go on that tear. Okay. <laughs> Not okay. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So cur currently there are two games that do not exist on modern platforms. Uh, I would be shocked if they do not produce some sort of Investigations collection just to have them all there. But the nicer thing is that in the lead-up to 4 through 6 collection, uh, one, of the, one of the people at Capcom 
uh, came out of the woodwork long enough to say, yes, we are working on a new, like an actual new game, not just collections of old games. Oh, all right. It's just nice. Uh, I don't know if they clarified what that was, if that was Ace Attorney 7, if it was Great Ace Attorney 3. Uh, but I'm, I'm here for either, because, especially because by all appearances, Shutakumi, the writer of 1 through 4 and Great Ace Attorney 1 and 2, uh, seems to be back as the sort of de facto head of the franchise, and uh, he is—he uh, is definitely their strongest writer at Capcom. So, very excited for that. Um, but yeah, I'm—I'm uh, I'm out on vacation. That's why I sound like I'm on a phone. But is he awesome? uh, what's that? Because he is. Yeah, but. Uh, I know that waiting at home for me. Physical copy. The 436 one. Awesome. What's that? I said awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm just very glad that that got a physical release because 5 and 6 never got physical releases in the US. They were download only. Uh, and you can tell that Capcom takes very uh, careful analytics about where these sell and where it's worth printing physical copies because I it's it's very rare for the Switch to be the only console that something gets a physical release on. And yet here we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first first time that five and six will have how is done a physical cartridge, the games will have uh, the Collection includes all of the DLC costumes and music and cases. Uh, so, it's it's a good value. It's a good. There's a, there's a lot of good mystery in there. There's some very bad mystery. Uh, there's some there's some not great cases uh, in those games. Uh, looking at you, uh, five three and six four. But it, all in all, I think that they are good games. Uh, okay, uh, that's enough of me talking about things that aren't RPGs. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's possible. I mean, he, he did appear in Project Crossbone, so he is a, at least RP or Phoenix Wright appeared in Project Crossbone, so he's at least yeah. RPG adjacent. Also, there. we have we have Adventure Corner on RP Gamers, so it fits for the site. That's true. That's yeah. Hello. But, yeah. Uh, Hello. We actually we actually. I will briefly sidetrack to say that I got to see a lot of Project Cross Zone 2 uh, images mm -hmm. because there are images where uh, Phoenix is talking to uh, Majima and uh, a Tekken character. And uh -huh. guess what? Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, Tekken 8 both came out. So, And with the, with the new Ace Attorney trilogy, it's like, well, time to break that image out again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that also that is also a game that implies that at some point in the past uh phoenix wright defended god almighty in court <laughs> that is of course it did. a terrifying concept but I mean, also, this also this is also the game series that implies that the that the fox sorceress shit um actually is a fanatical MMORPG player because she actually knows the world and recognizes the characters from .hack. God, that 
my reputation. Um, <laughs> She's oh, like, yeah, I just realized. How, how are we meeting you? You're in a video. How are we in a video game? Oh, wow. How do you know about this one, Shamu? Well, you know, you were playing during office hours again, weren't you? Maybe. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just remember there is actually one other Ace Attorney game that will not be available on modern consoles once all is said and done. If they do, did do a, uh, if they did do an uh, investigation serology, and it is the actual worst, I, I would say the actual worst game in the series, uh, mm -hmm. Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney, which uh, I think. I think sounded like a great idea to everyone until they remembered that, oh, wait, whether you like them or not, the mystery behind latent plots is the dumbest storytelling in human history. Latent <laughs> is a series fully dedicated to the ethos of introducing magic and then coming up with an explanation much, much dumber than just having magic. And <laughs> Professor Layton versus Ace Attorney mixes that commitment to abject stupidity with the notion that you have to win, quote unquote solve mysteries or you know solve cases by pretending magic is real and repeatedly and repeatedly like trying to prove a client innocent on the basis that magic exists and there, but that magic follows rules. And then at the end of the game, it's like, yeah, dipshit magic doesn't exist. You spent the entire game proving things that weren't true. <laughs> fuck that game. What the Absolute fuck? dog shit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, okay. There's, there's all of my attorney vitriol. What are y'all playing? I have yet to play a single Ace Attorney game, so... There's a lot of good ones. You should pick up great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Sure. <laughs> I said I was going to jump on in a few minutes, and that was 25 minutes ago, and just had some minor technical difficulties, that's all. It's okay, you okay. Yeah, because, yeah, um... So my new... Fried. My new monitor that now works because, gee, I got a power cable that actually, you know, fits into the hole and has the right voltage. Who would have thought? So, anyways, oh. I got the thing working finally, and um, I uh, it, it has a headphone port and says it supports DTX something something um, DTSX Ultra. Like, okay. So I plug my headset in there, and it says, to use your microphone, you have to connect a USB wire from the monitor to the computer. I'm like, fine. So I do that, and no, would not use the microphone. Um, so that's what happened there. So I just had to go back to plugging in the Xbox controller and, and all that. Um, and it's weird because on the display port, my choices are 144 hertz, 95, or 60. You have to connect an HDMI cable to actually have 120 hertz. It's like, all right, that's weird. But anyways, it, it's a very nice looking 4K monitor. And been playing 
stuff on it, just testing a bunch of different games. Um, even though I could technically already do 4K through the TV, I just wanted to test some things to see what they looked like on here. So, um, I played through Resident Evil 2 Remake again recently. I did Leon A on hardcore difficulty and somehow beat it and somehow got a B and it's like, alright, well at least I got it and and I got the achievement on Xbox for that. And then I just went back and found the four raccoon statues that I was missing. And let me tell you, some of those, I never would have found them if I didn't look them up. So, <laughs> and that gets it. you the infinite knife. And now I have to somehow try to beat the game, both of the second run scenarios on hardcore. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that or if I even want to. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to level with you. You do not have to do that. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> do it. Do it. Have... Have... You've never have... even played this game. <laughs> it's not important. That's not important. I played the original. I loved it. I feel I like it it's Wii. quite important. What? Resident Evil 4. I played through it on the Wii. No, I was talking about 2. Oh, 2. two. Oh. Dipshit. Uh, yeah, I played through the original on... PlayStation PS1 out of protest. Make <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Nintendo 64. I have. Oh yeah, we we have talked about. That's a really it, good yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> I like the GameCube version. What's the GameCube? Um. So I yeah, I, I, it was fun to revisit that, but also I absolutely got my ass kicked by uh, the third William fight. It took me 10, 20 tries, and then Super Tyrant. I got it in two tries. It's like okay. And I absolutely use the infinite handgun, and that does not make the game that much easier. It really doesn't. Um, I'm sad. It's still a <laughs> it's still a pain in the ass. So then um, I mentioned that I was playing through Tunic again, and I got the gun, and then quickly took out three more bosses that otherwise would have been difficult without the gun. So almost done with my second playthrough of that game. Um, and I did start a new character for the new season of Diablo 4, so you do have to make a new character each season, but you can skip the campaign, and since it uses level scaling, monsters will always be your level, so you can go right into the seasonal quest line, but there are some, like, dungeons and stuff that you have to be, like, level 50 or higher to get into. So it's mm -hmm. stupid that you have to make a new character each season, but you don't actually have to play through the whole campaign. You you start over at level one and then just do whatever you want to level up. And so it's like, all right. I and then have free to not play Diablo. <laughs> that's okay. Mm -hmm. And um, so now I guess my rogue, I'm going to just keep playing the campaign with that character. And then my necromancer is only for co-op with wheels. And now my barbarian is my seasonal character. So I streamed that the other day. Um, and let's see. Actually, yeah, I really haven't been playing that many games. And and then uh, Last of Us Part Two Remastered, I was able to get the $10 upgrade for that. So I tried out that new roguelike mode, and it sucks. And you may have seen me complaining about it on Discord already. It's just not a good fit for this game, is what I would say. No, the mercenaries. Um, yeah. 
though. It's like, yeah, Resident Evil Mercenaries is like, okay, yeah, you know what? We, we'll just give you a buttload of ammo and you just kill everybody. And then this is more like, no, it's like you've still got to sneak around and conserve ammo and you'll still get swarmed and... I don't know. It's it's very uh. Th there's no progress carries over between runs at all. There's no permanent unlocks at all. And it's like, what are you doing, Sony? You got my hopes it up. Feels like it was added in order to justify an upcharge for the updated graphics. Pretty much. Um, now my save files carried over, and I'm on New Game Plus. So at least I didn't have to like play through the whole game again to get to New Game Plus. I can just pick up where I left off. So I would would like to revisit that, but I'm also playing Part 1 on PC. And then I got the uh, 4K Blu-ray for the series, the Season 1 of, of the HBO series. So I'm going to watch that again at some point. Um, yeah... And then record about two hours into the original. It's a very slow game. It's very depressing. Um, so I don't want to spoil. Like I knew where it was going. Right. I don't want to spoil anything. So I'm 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 not going to use any specifics. But all I'm going to say is, in the first game, the first game should have had two endings, in my opinion. Because a character makes a choice, and the player is just along for the ride, and I really think it should have been the player's choice, and there should have been a branching story at that point in two endings. That's my thought. And then in the second game, I think it should have been just split into multiple scenarios. I think it was just, they crammed too much into that one 30-hour story. And it, that I thought kind of game should never be 30 hours, I'm just going to be real. No, no, absolutely not. Especially... Uh, the way it ends is just kind of like, oh, you know, it's... Uh, Stay tuned for The Last of Us Part 3. Neil Druckmann clearly wanted to be a filmmaker, and now his video games don't give players any choices. You know, you just, you're basically watching a movie and just pressing buttons at the appropriate times. <laughs> I think there's justifications to be made for that, but I think the story needs to be better than whatever Last of Us is battling. Yeah. So there's those games. Um, I mean, it works for me when it's like Uncharted and it's a goofy Indiana Jones-ish adventure. Yes, exactly. Not like the Uncharted games. Dour, depressing. Yeah. Or Dragon's Lair. Mm. <laughs> uh, oh, Dragon's Lair? Sanity? Oh. Dragon's no, Lair? No, no. What was that? The old Laserdisc game that was basically... Yeah, no, I was always making Quick action. Again. Oh, Dragon's Lair slower. 3D Return to the Lair for the PlayStation 2. What? No. 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 Why? <laughs> wow, you, you, you broke them. <laughs> Why would you do this? <laughs> because people wanted to play a version of Dragon's Lair where you actually did things. Did they? I think to some extent. I guess. Like, they didn't yeah. pull it oh. off, but... I was always amazed that that was actually an arcade game. It was like yeah. just interactive anime. Yeah, I well mean, that was, that was pretty common uh, for a period. There's some Japanese ones at the time, like Time Gal. Yeah. Just it, it always stood out to me whenever the few times I actually went to the arcade at the shopping mall. It was just or and when the thing was actually working. <laughs> The, the one, oh yeah, because those laser laser disc machines were not hardy 
uh, objects, mm -hmm. but you, yeah. you always got the fucking arcade cabinet just screaming Dragon Slayer. Yeah. But yeah, that's now on everything. You can uh, play that on your phone. You've been able to play that on your phone for over 10 years. Uh, it's it's very beautiful animation. That's kind of something. Yep. Let's see. And you might have tuned in on Sunday night when we did some Remnant 2. Yay. And I got Jolly some... Cooperation. Yes, we did some Jolly Cooperation. We praised the gun. And I got, um... No, I, I hit level 10, so I was able to unlock an extra slot, and then I got the other class that I wanted, finally. And I got some better armor, and I was actually able to use the DLC items that I'd picked up th during the last session. So, if you don't have the DLC, it, you'll still be able to collect items, but when you go in your inventory, it'll say, you can't equip this without the DLC. It's like, okay. But... Anyways, that, no, that actually was fun, and, and now that kind of makes me want to play it some more. I got a really cool yes. armor set. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Oh, All right. You, you, you yes. got me. Yes. It took it took a while, but you got me. All right. That, that um, cackle from Wheels was deeply unwholesome. <laughs> I know. That's very dis disconcerting. <clears throat> I mean, that's wonderful. We should, we should do some more on the Sunday. We'll be, we'll we, be we could. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be out this um, and then I, I briefly jumped on Forza Horizon 4 today and realized how much better it is than Forza Horizon 5. God, I thought you were about to say Fortnite for a second. That would have been hilarious. Fortnite Horizon. Fortnite Horizon, oh good. Um, no, so like, Forza Horizon 4, that was an Xbox One game and it got... X, it won X enhancements, it had a performance mode or quality mode, and it was just better than 2 and 3 because they added a seasonal system, so it takes place in England, but you actually have four seasons that it cycles between every couple of days or so. So you probably have winter, like the real, fall. You, like the real. Yeah, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring. And it was, like, winter is a pain in the ass, but the, there's a lake that freezes over, and then there's an island you can reach only in the winter season. It's like, oh, that's neat. Um, so I just thought that was a cool game, and I live in a temperate zone. And then on Series S and X, that was a game that got the optimizations so that it they found a way to, like, you get the frame rate of the performance mode, but you almost get the quality from the old quality mode. It's, it, Digital Foundry pointed out that it does look slightly worse, but they kind of just tried to balance it and do the best of both worlds, and I think it's fine. Um, then you get to Forza Horizon 5, and that was... You know, that that was a Series X game, but it's like, it's the same game for the fifth time, and now it takes place in Mexico, which is fine, and the, yeah, there were some slight improvements to graphics and stuff, but they tried to bring back the seasonal system, but it's like, okay, but now you have a tropical setting. What seasons are there? And it's like, oh, well, there's wet season, mud season, dry season. I'm like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, those aren't seasons. To be so, fair, Britain kind of doesn't have seasons either in real life. No, it's kind of just dreary and rainy all the time. Yeah, I suppose. But no, I just thought it was like you had a really cool idea in 4, and then you tried to copy it in 5, but you just didn't quite pull it off. And then 5 had other issues. Like, first off, the game is just fucking harder. Every The games are just getting harder for some reason, right? And I just couldn't 
it was so hard to win races in the fifth game. It, you know, you have fun just exploring the world, but then when you actually do a race, and it is a racing game, and you do have to win races to progress the story, it's like, they made it so fucking hard for some reason. And they made everything really expensive me, in that it's game. always like this. Saying it's the Dark Souls of racing games. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, we'll put him in place. Prince Bergia! I'm going to talk about Destiny. You can see what I've been playing in Destiny by watching the four hour stream from yesterday. Uh, or don't. Or don't. Or do. Or not. Four hours <laughs> is too much. I'm sorry. It's a little much, yes. Uh, it, should, it should have been uh, about 90 minutes shorter. Why, you ask? You just watch the last two and a half hours. Yes. Uh, I'll have to get a clip up somewhere of where it all went wrong. But yes, yeah, you probably uh, if, if you're playing a constantly updated online game and you're about to do a boss that you think has a cheese, make sure that cheese hasn't been patched out before you commit to your run. Insane. <laughs> uh, anyway, Prince of Persian f fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really, really good, and the uh, story seems interesting, because I fought myself as a boss fight. Yeah, that's, a, that's a French Persia classic. Yeah. I wonder uh, I wonder if it'll have the same conclusion as, as the first time. I don't think so, but yes, the whole... That's a shame, that was always kind of a cute idea in the original. It was, yes. So you don't know, you had to put your sword away. Yes. I really love the way, the whole way that that first game ended. Like, uh, I, I, f I know that's like a plot device that too often like can completely ruin the storyline. Like, hey, everything was just undone. Uh, but in that... Oh, you're case, talking about the first, when you say first game, you mean sense of time. Yes, sorry. Uh... But um, the way that game framed everything, like you're experiencing the game as he's telling it to the character who obviously no longer remembers anything that happens, I thought was just like this perfect touch. That was very cute. Yeah. Could have done without the, the bit where he like kissed her against her will and then rhymes time. That was a little creepy. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Other than that, very good. Movie based on it was actually pretty decent too. Uh, All right, I for honestly completely forget what the hell the story of the second game in that trilogy was, but uh, Warrior Within. Yeah, uh, all of the princes' like time shenanigans have caused uh, a, a being to be uh, essentially a being to be created that uh, seeks its destruction to. Uh, fix the timeline that says you were supposed to be dead dipshits so he uh, goes to the island of time to try to prevent the sands from being created because that will prevent that creature from existing that seems like a bad idea yeah guess yeah. what it didn't turn out great <laughs> um and they uh and the, the final game has the good sense to have a plot line that's basic, that fundamentally and finally revolves around the notion of like Oh, hey, you can't just undo all of your problems. You eventually just have to live with them and fix them, yeah. fix them after the fact rather than trying to undo them. Yeah, uh, their game was. Say that, or you just good. fundamentally break the world. 
Yeah. You just fundamentally break all of space time. Yeah, no fixing this now. Have fun. Yeah, yeah two, two thrones was good. Two thrones was. Uh... What are you saying, Moose? Will say? Am I dying? No, I'm here. I wasn't saying anything. Uh, I will say that the uh, the ending of Prince of Persia 08 was setting up other good stories, and then they just said, well, we're not doing this anymore. And I cried. We have a movie tie-in game tonight. And Several I died, of them. died a little open side. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss it too, buddy. Yeah. Um, Holy crap. I think that was actually one of the first things we, like talked about and it was like one of the things that our friendship was born from was both being prince of persia 08 app- appreciators yes <laughs> and kawazu <laughs> yeah it was like kawazu prince of persia 08 okay i guess i guess this jerk who keeps stealing my opinions is pretty okay <laughs> <laughs> well, let me check uh, take a quick look at some of uh, fire miners comments in the chat yeah. What have you been playing, Gaijin? Well, we'll uh, resolve this. Uh, is Don Booth the biggest case? Okay, you know what? We'll, oh. we'll get to some of these questions after we go through what we've been playing. Because there's lots of good stuff here. Well, um, as usual, I'm still playing the same stuff as last week. I'm a bit farther along on Sovereign Syndicate. So maybe two-thirds of the way through the game by chapter count. And hmm. occasionally I will have time to just sit around and mess with Undertale some more. Good choices. Yep. Except, um, at least on the Vita, Undertale's clock does not stop ticking um, unless the Vita is in. Yeah, deep that's sleep. a pretty common. It's a pretty common affliction on like the Vita and the Switch. Which is why it says I've been playing for 180 hours now. Yeah, which I think might be enough time to finish that game several dozen times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quite likely, it feels like it. On the other hand, the Vita has. Much, much better battery life for something that has been that I have had to force out of completely deep sleep hibernation three times now. Um, I can just leave it alone unplugged for like literally four days without touching it, come back, and it does not show any decrease in battery life. Yours work better than mine, <laughs> yeah, as opposed to the, the 3DS or the Switch, which um will die if I just leave them alone for too long and forget that they're there. I usually can get like probably about five days out of a charge switch that's just sleeping. Yeah. Uh, it might, it might I mean, it, it definitely shows a loss of battery power. So. Yeah, my, my Vita battery life was never that amazing unless I hadn't. Like, it, it does seem to have like some sort of weird deep sleep mode that it goes into after about eight hours. Yeah. Yep, and then it would have pretty impressive battery life. If I was actually using it on any consistent basis, it would last. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, should we hit some of the fireminer questions since I can't see them? Sure. Uh, is Don Bluth the biggest case of you can't beat capital in any industry? Probably not. Like Bluth's Bluth had plenty of capital backing. He just I feel like he was a, a person given a lot to his own idiosyncrasies as well. There's some there's some great work in there, and then there's things with names like Penguin and the Pebble. Or yep. a Troll in Central Park. I don't know any of those. 
or a good reason you know. <laughs> oh, I do know that one. Man. Don. Yeah. Secret um, of we, him, American Tale, yeah. All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, Anastasia, Iron Giant. Melina. Yeah, okay. With an Iron Giant. Yeah. Yeah, so his good stuff is really excellent. His bad stuff is striving for mediocre. Um, oh, he worked on that Robin Hood animated, animated movie. Yeah, he was he was an Disney. old he was a Disney guy up until Fox and the Hound. Okay. Uh, but but uh, um, the thing that... and he was the guy with enough experience that he could convince people to let him attempt to create an alternative to Disney. And some of them are quite, some of them are quite good. Some of them not so much. Uh, I, I think that he was kind of given to his own idiosyncrasies. Uh, um, Bluth, as in, I will say, okay. I will say, um, having seen Thumbelina a few too many times because my daughters have the DVD, uh, it has <laughs> one of my best textbook examples of a plot hole in animation. <laughs> Massive, like this one's a perfect <laughs> plot hole to use to describe what the term means. As the prince literally falls down a hole with the toad, tumbling into the darkness, and we don't see anything more of him until the very end, where he suddenly shows up. Like, he just shows up. Here? There was probably some cutscene around him, but it's yeah. really weird. But, it's like you could have yeah. at least shown him flying out of the hole, but no, it really looks like he has tumbled into the abyss to his eventual death. But, yeah, I, I would. I would describe. Uh, uh, like he's he's sentimental sometimes to a fault and prone to like sometimes over animation like just generally you'll see like scenes from things like Secret of Name like good movies but like you'll see scenes where it's like motherfucker just stop moving for a second mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's it's you know he you cannot like he. He was he was capable of acquiring funding. He had he had plenty of funding, but you know, of course, you can't after a certain point. You can't Disney turns to get money, and you he, know, a few too many he, his, uh, flops. Sometimes he strikes me as a person who really could have used a bit more editorial control from somebody else to just mm -hmm. say, "Hold on, there, please. Let's think about this." I do want to call out Rockadoodle in particular, just for the amuse amusement of like. The notion of some sort of movie about Chanticleer, the rooster, is is something that like dates back to old time Disney. And yeah, because the, that, that's the that's the designs that ended up becoming Robin Hood. Yeah, and allegedly, Disney uh, gave up on the notion <laughs> on the basis of it is impossible to caricature a rooster in a way that makes them look sympathetic. <laughs> Huh. Okay. Which is an incredibly yeah. funny thing to say. <laughs> As I recall, the um, the original rooster model from Chanticleer became the minstrel in Robin Hood, and the villain yeah, right. was a fox in Chanticleer, and he became Robin Hood, the model. Mm. Yeah. You could say so, they came to snuff yeah. the rooster. Huh. Huh. Oh, fuck off. Um... <laughs> so now what I'm curious yeah. about is, did, did Beluth decide to do Rockadoodle as a challenge to prove that he could do something that Disney couldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a case of like, we're, we're going to do this, this kind of, this very Disney uh, concept. Uh, like we're going to make that work. 
was I mean, Rock and Doodle based on that wasn't Elvis? That good story. Hmm. It was also was there it? was also Elvis references in that movie. Yes. Yeah, that's why it's called Rock and Doodle. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, B- bad movie. The the '90s were not kind to Don Bluth making good films. Uh, and yeah, I think Titan AE kind of uh, obliterated uh, any hope of that. Uh, it wasn't that bad a movie. Titan oh, it's not awful, but it, it certainly did not do well. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. No one else did. I did. I didn't. And at Bob. It was, it, was an, it was an interesting idea. It was like going, like, I feel like in the late 90s, early aughts, uh, Disney and everyone else was trying to figure out, like, trying to crack the code. How do you sell uh, animated movies in the, of the Disney variety to 12-year-old boys? And no one figured it out. Because uh, that and Atlantis the Lost Empire and Treasure Planet are all, like, down the middle aimed at that audience and all of them tanked to some degree or another. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's your that's your amateur bluth corner opinions. Uh, my my favorite bluths are always the ones from Arrested Development. There I said. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought he was referring to at first. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is a story of a wealthy family who lost everything. Uh, I was just gonna say I I uh I opened up Steam and it was telling me that the Blasphemous Two extra content is on sale, like the art book and the soundtrack. But then come to find out, they have a statue of one of the boss characters from that game. I think so. Mm-hmm. There's a limited edition statue, Chrysanta of the Wrapped Agony, and it's made by Sounds the artist. R- right, it was made by the. It's the same artist who actually worked on the game, so they sculpted this and painted it and everything, and it's made to order. And it's, and but it's six hundred and sixty-six euros. Of course. And it ships from so, Spain. Of course, that that makes sense. So it says that uh, included, but if I did the conversion, that's seven hundred and twenty-one USD. Yeah. Um, it's thirty centimeters tall, and that's eleven point eight inches. Mm-hmm. I just so I th- it's it's something that's really cool looking, but it's like you guys got to be freaking kidding me! And it's a poly resin statue. It's like mm-hmm. it looks nice, but not for seven hundred dollars, and doesn't include. Right. Customs duties and charges mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other stuff coming into the U.S. It's, it's very boutique. It's for fans. That's just sort of how yeah. those go. Well, I am a fan, but I I can't buy that. Are you that much a fan? You don't. I, exactly. You're not that much of a fan. Like it's self selected Credentials are being called into question. Yeah. But uh, the thing I, the thing I'll say about that is that blasphemous and blasphemous two. I respect the art direction. I cannot imagine paying to look at that art in isolation like it's it's very impressive i think that it's very good art i don't like looking (laughs) (laughs) okay i think it works in the context of the oh yeah it works perfectly in the context of the game but like an art book of that no i don't want to look at that by itself their their online store has a whole bunch of art prints you can buy too and it's like 
Uh, um, and some of them are just, it's like, that's just depressing looking. I don't want to look at that when I'm not playing the game. Right. If you sell it, someone shall buy, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, no, and, and, and that's um, the thing. I have so much respect for the artists who worked on that game, but like, yeah, some of that, you have these canvas paintings you can buy, and they're just so depressing looking. They're, they're extremely good, and they do exa- they evoke exactly the feelings that they Exactly. Uh, intend to, but I and also don't like. If I put that on I my wall, I will. Yeah, if I put that I, on I my wall, Googled I will blasphemy. not be able to get out of bed. <laughs> I just googled blasphemous just to see what I would find on the screenshots, and oh it's boy. things like the lady of the charred visage and the leg baby, the destructinator. I'm like, what in the world is this? Yeah, no, that's that's just how it goes. Yeah. So I, I thought that was somewhat newsworthy, just to say, hey, you can get. Some other stuff for this game, you know. Hey, um, more things. Other stuff for this game. More uh, stuff for this game. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, else, what else is in the chat before we lose any track? Uh, why? Is about the Oregon, why is it that games like Yukon Trail and Amazon Trail never reach the same height of Oregon Trail? What are some of the other game franchises that the audience had already filled their need with just the first game? Dig Dug, Paperboy, Worms. Hey, you leave Worms out of this. God damn it. <laughs> How many people have even realized there were more than one Dragon Slayer game? Oh, hey, we talked about that. Yeah, there are like, there are like two or three of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a couple of space, space aces, race. but I don't think anyone's ever I played space, space ace. I don't remember space ace because they actually. I think they. I actually saw the cartoon on TV once. Okay. okay. But yeah, what I would say regarding Oregon Trail versus like Yukon Trail or uh, Amazon Trail is the uh, at least in the U.S., uh, which would have been primary audience for these. Uh, you hear about the Oregon Trail like any time that you're doing like U.S. history, which means like uh, at least half a dozen times throughout your your school career in the U.S. Because that was also one of the games that was ubiquitous on all of those Macintoshes that mm. every school seemed to have because or of Apple the school programs. Yeah. programs. But yeah, like, uh, Apple II's, what yeah. I, yeah, Apple II's. what I'm broadly yeah. getting at is the like. In the U.S., you're going to cover that a lot more often than you're going to cover like, the Yes. Uh, uh, I'm saying it's like, it's one of those games that was practically guaranteed to be one of the few games on the school computers. Yeah, and I, I'm saying part of the reason for that is that you're going to get, you're going to cover it a lot. Like, that's just going to happen. <laughs> and so, uh, whereas the others are subjects that aren't covered as much, so schools didn't have them as much. Uh, they're also later, uh, which which doesn't help. But yeah, like it's it's. I think it's mostly just you know, uh, and also like the the choices that you were making in Oregon Trail uh, were generally like like Amazon Trail is a really weird game that has like less of a strategic element, as I recall. Uh, which, again, made it harder to justify having in every fucking school. I, I grew up in Oregon, which means that not only was it in every school, but it was also in every library. Like, just a, a, at least one, probably several versions of Oregon Trail. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, 
I don't, for some reason, I started thinking about the Roger Wilco games, Space Quest. Space Quest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why that popped in Space my head. Quest. Maybe just talking about these old PC games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody said something, and I was like, "What? What was that Roger Wilco game I played as a kid and couldn't make any progress in because I didn't understand how it worked?" I mean, there was also a lot of situations where if you just made the wrong choice, the game was impossible to complete. Yeah, what a great design! Yeah, they yeah, they, sure they did that. improve on that in later games. So. Yeah, well, they, they eventually got there. So what, what always happened to me was those, and, and the, I think it must have been the first game, I don't know, but you're on the ship and the two guys with the guns show up and, and shoot you in the head and you die. And, and I didn't know that you're because supposed you're to get, <laughs> yeah, or you have to get your own gun and then you have to like hold them up to get the key card from them or something. I don't know. Well, <laughs> that would have to be in the last section of the game then, because that's the only time when you actually have a gun available. Oh, or, or maybe that wasn't the solution then. Okay. Yeah. I could never and, and get past At the very beginning know. on the spaceship, you have to uh, avoid everybody, um, avoid the few people in the ship like the plague because they, they will shoot you. And um, try to get off of there before the completely unannounced timer runs out and the, and the uh, self-destruct happens. Yep. I think... Okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like my my favorite of the like obnoxious bullshit, uh, like Sierra problems, uh, Sierra adventure game uh, bullshit is, and I always end up thinking of Leisure Suit Larry Two, yeah, uh-huh. which is a game that so like the, one of the things that like I, I never think about, but which was like a key thing of like uh, early interactive fiction and. Uh, like those early Sierra adventure games, they're point based. Like the the points are used to indicate like if you've done something right. Like they they do that, and there will be items. Uh, one of the, one of the things that always sticks out to me is there's a point in Leisure Suit Larry Two where you get shipwrecked, and there are items that you get points for picking up, like this fucking like poisonous spinach dip. But like you get shipwrecked, mm-hmm. you're on a raft. Larry's gonna fucking like the second, if if he has that in his inventory, he will try to eat it. He'll get salmonella and he'll die. Uh, the correct solution to get all the points in the game is to pick up this poisonous spinach dip and then immediately like huck it out of your inventory into the ocean right as you're getting on the life raft. Because if you don't pick it up, you don't get the points. But if you still have it in your inventory in the life raft, Larry eats it and dies. And uh-huh. that that's insane. That that entire concept is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And one of my favorite, like, truly hateful things that was never allowed to be sprung upon the world was the sequel to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure game, mm-hmm. which uh, was, was going to use this uh, this point system to aggravate players to know it. Because <laughs> there was going to be a puzzle in that game that solving it got you points, but made the game impossible to complete. You could not finish the game unless you ignored this puzzle and uh, just finished the game and accepted that you couldn't get all the points. And they were doing that just, <laughs> to, just to fuck with people. Ugh. 
if you've ever played the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Text Adventure game, it makes perfect sense that that, that was a plan that they had for the sequel. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. The original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game has a puzzle that requires you to uh, feed a dog a cheese sandwich without any indication that's important. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I, I learned something else just now. Um, I played mm-hmm. Space Quest 1 Roger Wilco in the Syrian Encounter, which was the 1991 remake of the first game. Yeah, yeah, the NBA version. And so it's at the start of the game, you see a ship that looks like a turkey getting captured by a ship that looks like a praying mantis. Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. this version of the game tells you that it will self-destruct in 15 minutes and the timer stays on the screen. Oh, that's nice of it. I'm yeah. But I don't think our computer had a good sound card because the, the sound I remember was bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop. Bleep, bleep, you bleep. probably just forget that's, PC speaker sounds. Right. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> it sounds like you were getting just straight up PC speaker sounds. Oh, well, I, I told you guys this before. That's what happened in Doom. Like I was playing Doom for years, and one day I I played it on a newer like a newer version of it years later, and I'm hearing music. I'm like, what is this music? All I ever heard was bleeping and blooping noises when you opened doors or I mean, shot enemies. I mean, for the early Space Coast games, it really was just the computer sounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I would imagine the, that the remake had a more full soundtrack. That Maybe. I didn't get to hear. Because <laughs> our computers sucked. Oh, no, man. No, no, that's just the more, that's what the original, the uh, true experience. <laughs> true to the original. As yeah, as no. God intended. Yeah. At, at least in the remake, you could do something to sabotage the slot machine game. So, um, so you did not run the risk of killing you yourself. You were not at the mercy of the goddamn money. slot machines. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if all those games are on. Oh, hold on. They're on God. Yes. Shit. Yeah. And, here's um, the thing. You, they're also a... you can also find them um, for free in other places, but I do not recommend it because. Speaking from experience, several of those games have machine, have a computer processor, clock, whatever. Um, there's some yeah, they're they're built on Space clock. Five that are not. There's some sections of Space Quest Five. I'm surprised I was able to finish that section because of how insane the speeds were going. The there are speed run. There's a speed running community for the old Quest games, and mm, it's a nightmare because they have to agree on what clock speeds are acceptable and just <laughs> uh-huh. unthrottled on a modern system is obviously fastest, but it also means that the game is completely fucking unplayable in, in most contexts, unless you have like very yeah. specific strategies. Yeah. Yep. So turns out it's on steam. There's a space quest collection for $20. Okay. Yeah. There's also and... a quest for glory collection. Uh, Quest of Glory is go for it, go for it. That's a good one. Yes, <laughs> you, you can also all the games for the website. You can also buy a, a huge Activision collection on Steam for eight hundred and sixty-four dollars. That sounds like an awful use of money. It um, really does. It really does. Yeah. So, oh god, I, I haven't wanna... even loaded this in like months. All right, hang on. So just to just to. Uh, 
the the original question a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games that it's like people were kind of one and done with. I feel like there's a lot of arcade games that are sort of like that, where it's like, yeah, people love Donkey Kong. No one honestly cares that much about Donkey Kong Jr. And like five people ever bothered playing three. Um, like Paperboy was brought up. Uh, like yeah, there's a Paperboy two. No one's ever played it. Is there ever a sequel uh, to Hubert? I've actually played Dig uh, Dug isn't. 2, and it plays completely different yeah. from Dig Dug 1. Yeah, that one's really fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. There was yeah, actually it, um, there was a little cafe at Kurokawa Hot Spring here in Kumamoto that my wife and I were visiting the cafe because her sister worked there at the time, and they had a old Famicom hooked up to the computer. Or, no, to the, <laughs> I mean, to the TV. And yeah. that was one of the games we played. It was Dig Dug 2. Uh, Dig Dug 2. They also I'm had Megami Tensei there. Sure, why not? I, I do not know who would be playing it in that situation. <laughs> but they but they had the opportunity to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, ever, you ever see Dig Dug Digging Strike for DS? No, actually. Yeah, that game's really weird because it uh, establishes... So, like, the Dig Dug canon says that uh, Dig Dug has a son, and that's Mr. Driller. And that uh, Dig Dug is, uh, I think his name is like Taizo Hori, but uh, that he is estranged from the woman he had Mr. Driller with, who was the protagonist of deeply forgotten Namco arcade game uh, Baraduke. And okay. uh, Digging Strike also implies that he is jealous of his son's fame and wants to and wants to be more popular than the search. <laughs> so really, they 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 went to the trouble of giving Dig Dug a personality, and that personality is kind of repugnant. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, I feel like oh yeah, this this does remind me that I also wanted to bring up one bit of exceptionally funny news uh, that we hit the the mobile game. We have hit the the apotheosis of the mobile game uh, gotcha shutdown. Uh-huh. Uh, because the U.S. version of one of the Love Live Gotcha games was, it was announced that it would be going into service. In the same tweet, it was announced that three months later it will be going out of service. What? Wow! So it's just going to be uh, around for three months, and that's it. Yes, uh, because in Japan it will actually be going out of service earlier. Seemingly, they're just like. Yes, we will be. Uh, we we said we would launch this in English, and we will. But only for this, it's already going out of. It's already huh. going out of service in Japan. So we are also closing it. But they announced the they announced the start and end of dates for service in the same tweets, and it is just delirious. It is it is like read. It is a fever dream to even contemplate that they would do that and so that there there are people there are social media people that have to try to hype up this game that they've already announced will be summarily cancelled shortly after it's launched and I don't get it while it's hot it's a gotcha game so you mostly just dump money into a pit but gotcha oh but yeah, 
think, thinking of oh, other games. Uh, that... Sorry, anyone watching for spoilers. <laughs> but uh, spe- speaking of, I don't care. <laughs> Thankfully, I am also. Uh, speaking of, speaking of games, people are kind of one done on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like uh, because part of what brought this to mind is that like the the service game sequel is one of the most cursed propositions in human history. Uh, you'll, you'll find the occasional one that works out. Destiny 2 is doing well for itself. Uh, but, can... in, but, but in general, like one of the most cursed things to do is to try to make the sequel to an MMO or some sort of other live service game because it's like there's never been a better opportunity to stop playing mm-hmm. than when you are shifting from the game to its sequel. And mm-hmm. the like, you know, I, I think the most, uh, at least for a certain generation, the most infamous of those is uh, is EverQuest to EverQuest Two. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's hardly it's hardly alone, and trying to uh, trying to get the player base to follow, uh, to, to jump ship from their existing game that they like and they have tons of investment in to the new game is super hard. And uh, it, it's, it's not quite in the spirit of this question of like this, these games that people are one and done with, but it is one of those things where it's like, one of those things where you hobble yourself trying because your biggest competitor is the old game. Mm-hmm. And if you just... If you just shut that down, people get pissed because it's like, oh, well, why would I jump to the new one? You might just shut that down, too. Uh, so note how World of Warcraft managed it by simply not calling them new games. <laughs> it just uh, it, that's one of the other things fascinating about live service content is that eventually they leave uh, like the the early game gets redone. And it, uh, like, to service a whole host of different, uh, like, issues. So, like, you look at uh, World of Warcraft and post-Cataclysm, the opening is different. And a lot of the opening is uh, references to content that's no, that was no longer playable at the time. <laughs> which, is a, which, which is a weird decision, but it, it's a decision that's made when the company is fairly certain that growth is is kind of behind them and you're you're trying to keep the existing player base happy uh or you look at again to bring up everquest eventually like that game starts out started out and there's like a bazillion like every race and class has a different starting zone and eventually they uh after like 12 or so expansions they're just like okay no everyone starts here everyone starts in this new starting zone and that is seemingly a move to consolidate so that like when you start the game you're guaranteed to you're you're much more likely to be around other players because the game doesn't work if you're not around other players uh but like these live service games they have to essentially strategically delete content and uh, like shuffle things around because they have to fit the needs of new players and the existing player base and live with 
accre- uh, an accretion of design. Uh, it's 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 fascinating to to even contemplate what like that must be truly miserable to try to keep going like no, nothing but uh, but even though I despise playing live service games and almost nothing but like nothing but a sense of respect for people who have to actually make those decisions because like, oh, you know. but uh, no that's that's just fascinating to me to think about like just the notion of like. Oh, we had to. We, we complete like if you started playing this after a certain date, uh, you did not have the same opening that anyone else had uh, among the people who played it. Probably when it was most popular, shortly after it started, because it's just gone now. You can't play it anymore. Uh, just fascinating. Uh, and, you know, de- definitely for for something like there, there are going to be uh, children in 10, 15 years that are just, like, craving the very earliest version of Fortnite. Oh, that's already happened. Like, oh, yeah, but I mean, like, they, they will be, there will be people who are ready to market to them. They will find mm. a way to sell it to them. Yeah. Uh, Sounds about right. Because it is an unrecapturable, because you can't play that version anymore. It's different now. Oh, they brought it back, and I fucking hated it. Yeah. So bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wheels, uh, <sighs> you still there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm distracted. I'm yeah. getting like a plot dump. Oh, yeah. See, something else yeah. similar here. Yeah, something else that people like was po- had a burst of popularity and then sort of uh, it was hard to sell a second time. Oh yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up when you were talking about like how you couldn't, there's a bunch of WoW content you just couldn't play anymore. And single similar thing happened with Destiny too, where yeah, they said yep. they what the hell strategic content deletions. Yes. <laughs> And I guess there were actual technical reasons for it, like the updated version of the engine was actually causing issues in a bunch of that old content. Mm. And also the footprint of the game was getting to be huge. Game big! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, game big. It's smaller in comparison to a lot of big games now, but I mean, at the time it was... Nowadays, everything that's disrespecting my yeah. goddamn hard drive by saying that yes, I yes, I I as a as Mortal Kombat One am worth a hundred gigabytes. No, go fuck yourself. Yes, no, but at the time, <laughs> at the time, it was definitely problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's that content that's not that there. I, I I have a feeling we'll come back eventually, but yeah, but yeah. They'll, they'll re-roll it out as they have time to re-certify yeah. it, basically. Well, I mean, they've been bringing back old raids from Destiny 1, and they only have one left, and there's been the implication that they're going to bring back the older Destiny 2 ones, so mm. uh, they'll probably bring back like the OG campaign at some point as well. Because mm. people, once you take something away, that's when people come out to say, well, I liked it when it was that yeah. way. No, it's a whole. It brings up a whole like weird preservation aspect about some of these online games. Like, there's like how how do you recapture like a moment in time? Like in these yeah, like I, I would argue that in a very real sense, 
it's impossible to truly preserve yeah. a lot of live service games because you're not like you can't preserve the notion of playing the game when it was easy to find other people to play it. With. Mm. Yeah. Uh, th- like there's a lot of a lot of those kinds of games like again i think especially of MMOs, but like in, in general live service games a lot of them are built around oh there's always someone to play this yeah and their design actually breaks down when that assumption is no longer true that and you take something like fortnite where hey you have a season but they actually change things like every week yeah like that, that game is just like a complete creature of chaos. Yes. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, if if I want to go back and replay my childhood, I'm I won't be able to fully recreate it because mm. I can't recreate being a child. But I can still play those games, and I there there is a certain like sense of like pity that I have that there are going to be a ton of children who don't even have that because their favorite childhood game has been deleted from existence. <laughs> hmm. That's sad. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel a little a little sad about it. It's gone and you can't recapture a moment. Uh, <sighs> Oh, that's too philosophical. What's the next thing in the comments about? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, bleh, bleh, uh. If you say so. Else, can we talk about games that are made to be thrown away as part of a scam or loophole? On top of my head, there's <laughs> uh, the day after Kingdom of Amal... I'm gonna say Kingdom Kingdom of, Kingdom of Amalur was not. Kingdoms of Amalur was a great game. I don't <laughs> think that that game was a scam. I think it was made by uh, an idiot, uh, or at least funded by one. But uh, it wasn't a scam per se. Like, yeah. That was intended to make money, even if it was irresponsible for the state of Rhode Island. For that yeah. Uh, okay. But like, I, I would not describe that one as a scam. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of times, like things that I could reasonably describe as a scam are things that never actually produce a product. Mm. Uh, because, like, you'll, you'll, you'll run into things that are like early access games that you could reasonably call a scam. Uh, mm. But I, I would not mm. know. I would not be versed Something in those. Like but, world, perhaps. Uh, no, that one's call that made... a scam either. That's just low rent. No. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there was a game that came out like last month, and uh, yeah, it's probably yeah, the day after probably, or something. I I think that might have been it, and it's yeah. like everybody looked at it and it's like no, and it's got the most ridiculous number of negative reviews, saying mostly that they returned it immediately. Um, yeah, it's uh, that's, you'll that's see these or, uh, or that or the uh, that red faced blowhards. Um, Super Patriotic America game. Oh God, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to name that one again. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, I don't want to give it the yeah, I don't want to give it the name space. But what? Uh, yeah, that one. That one's some sort of scammy. But yeah, yeah. I, just, I get annoyed by the 
the games that just never come out of early access and just stay there forever. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say to say a few things. Like, the the first I would say is that like the line when you when you're looking at early access, the line between this seemed like a good idea, and then there was just not enough to sustain it, and this was an actual scam. Like, ends up often being a, a question of like, what do you think the intentions were from the person? It's it's honestly not worth right discussion in many cases like sometimes you just have to accept that like when you because like that's part of the early access deal it's the same thing as like backing a kickstarter like on some level you're accepting that there is a risk this project will not pan out and that just happens uh and i'm i'm generally fine uh with that uh i think i think that it's it's generally unhealthy to be like they I they sold me I spent ten American dollars on this and so if there is not a one hundred percent complete to my expectations game within four years I will fight them corpse uh, like it's it's one of those things like I I'm sorry buddy they you you knew that the the only promise you get is the thing that you uh, received when you when you gave your money. Like that's that's something you just got to live with, uh, but uh, I, I think the in general, uh, I, I would be much more willing to label something scam if it's generally designed to bilk investors as much as anything. Because like something that's actually a scam usually doesn't produce a product. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or. Um... At the most, it's like one of the uh, was um, one of Uwe Boll's movies, mm-hmm. where the uh, um, amount of money put into the production does not match the amount of money that actually was used or the amount of money it made. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very much like the producers, actually. Um, but uh, I just remember reading an article about how Uwe Boll was manipulating a part of the German tax code to actually use <laughs> um, some of his movie productions as a shelter for money. So, so Uwe Boll, like whatever else you want to say about it, when you when you look into what those uh, that that tax uh, loophole was, he mostly was using it for its intended purpose. Like the the idea was to uh, encourage uh, film like German filmmaking uh, via you know hiring German production all sorts of stuff. And like there's there's some uh general like typical uh, movie making shadiness where it's like well the company is located in one place for tax reasons but how much does that actually bring into that area but in general like the tax loophole was being used for its purpose of german filmmaking even though bad um and i'm certain that part of the reason that it was so bad was generally just keeping a tight leash on the finances and not giving a shit but uh, in, yeah. in general, that that money went where it was mostly supposed to, uh, at least yeah. as much as just about any, uh, uh, as much as you could say that about any uh, like shoestring budget production. Um, but uh, in, in general, like it, scams, like making a product, uh, if you're trying to do an actual pull a scam, mostly exists to. Uh, 
to legally indemnify you in some fashion. And so, in general, you're producing uh, like things that actually produce something. They're just producing garbage, uh, and it becomes harder to say like, is that a scam or is that just someone not giving a shit? And how much is that your responsibility to notice that they're not giving a shit and producing garbage? Uh, yeah, in the case of video games, it's just it's a very involved process that leads itself not very well to scamming properly. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you actually produce a game to be played, yeah, but you you do you do run into things that are like, you know, don't eat garbage. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's just like uh, made by people who don't terribly care that gets that inundates things like the steam uh like steam's new arrivals every day but in general again it, it's hard to describe if that's a scam there's there's some old games uh, like back when games were very easy and cheap to produce that mm, you could maybe make an argument for uh there is oh shit i just remembered something so there was like a there was a uh, game, well, quote unquote game, uh, that uh, was released for British computers back in the eighties. That was designed to uh, that was like advertised as like this is this will present clues that you can use to win a contest. Uh, where we'll be giving away some solid gold bric-a-brac. And uh, as no one, uh, as far as anyone can tell, this was fake. Uh, They were, like, the solid gold bric-a-brac was related to a different contest. There's a a good YouTube video uh, Mm -hmm. about, uh, that was, it was a recording of a, panel done at a British uh, game festival. It was done by YouTube, uh, YouTube man, Stuart Ashen. But basically, he talks about, like, uh, he goes into a lot of detail. It's, it's fascinating. If you're interested, go look it up. Basically, uh, artist, in, uh, artist in the UK back in uh, the early 80s uh, makes this uh, solid gold bric-a-brac. Uh, you have to solve the... You have to like look through this book of his art that has been strategically arranged to produce uh, clues to a puzzle. Uh, eventually, someone if you can find it and dig it up, then uh, you, uh, you you get the prize, which is, again, solid gold for the rack. Uh, someone finds it, then says they're making their own contest and sells, uh, sells like shitty computer games to give clues. And as far as anyone can tell, this the, these clues were bullshit. There was no actual clues within these games. They were just selling you garbage uh, with the yeah, claim yeah, that you could win something. Right. So that that is one of the few things I can say. Like that is a scam. The, the point Definitely. was not the game. The point was the contest. The contest was fake. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, because because. When you're selling someone a game, the 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 there there becomes very murky questions about is this game just bad? <laughs> like, at what point do we just say like the game's just bad? Uh, but 
Yeah, so that that's uh, it's rare, but there are those rare situations where you can look at something. There's, there's a few other uh, situations again when games were very cheap to produce, uh, where you could make an argument that uh, the gross negligence of the developers may have, on some level, com- uh, constituted a scam. Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a very telling quote from the Stamper Brothers, uh, the ones who, uh, at the time they were ultimate play the game, they ultimately became Rareware. Uh, they were the the founders of both of those companies. Uh, they they brought up that one of the things that was wild about uh, because ultimate play the game was a uh, ZX Spectrum developer. Uh, there was there was no central authority. At that said what you can produce on the Spectrum. There's tons of Spectrum games that are altogether uh, altogether just have no win condition or bare, barely playable. Those you could maybe make the argument that was a scam if you wanted to play like Squidge or whatever. Uh, because that is a game that, for example, uh, if you just tell the Spectrum to run Squidge, it will... It, it, the game is literally unplayable because the only input it accepts is lowercase characters, and the first thing that the game does is force caps lock on. And if huh. you go into the program and turn off caps lock and try playing it, uh, you will find that if you go right to the edge of the screen, the game crashes. If you go left to the edge of the screen, the game crashes. There's no game here. Uh, again, uh, Stuart Ash did a good video about this. I only know British P- uh, British PC game, uh, British computer games from the 80s via YouTube videos because Jesus God, I'm, I cannot play them. Um, but broader point, uh, the, some of those probably constitute scams just by virtue of like at some point your gross negligence becomes gross negligence becomes a kind of scam, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a blurry line. Um, but to, to finish the 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 anecdote about the Stamper Brothers, uh, one of the things that they mentioned uh, about going from working on Spectrum games to working on Famicom is that uh, in the NES is that Nintendo had rules about what they could release. And they were like, yeah, they like almost half jokingly. They were basically like, yeah, they actually, you actually have to finish something before you can release it. Uh, people, people will make jokes about like the Nintendo seal of quality and how it, uh, how tons of games that have the Nintendo seal of quality are just complete trash fires. But it was at least, <laughs> it was it was at least the bare minimum due diligence of this game is finishable and it had mm-hmm. like it functions it does not break constantly there's uh actually there's... this kind of makes me wonder if stargazer had a nintendo seal of quality it did it is finishable it is a licensed video game uh, theoretically it the... finishable <laughs> yeah it it, it... It is terrible in the same way that something like Gonzo Slavery Super Monkey Devil can. It's horrendous. But, you know, it's... uh, It is is more finishable than uh, there is at least one game for the Spectrum where 
the game will, uh, there is an enemy that can travel outside the bounds of uh, where it's supposed to in such a way that, like, it actually overwrites some of the game data on huh? the on the medium itself. Oh. And oh. the game is just not possible to finish. Because yeah. it corrupts the data of certain rooms and you just uh, die if you enter them. <laughs> I, I want to say some of the Super Metroid glitches can actually like break the cartridge or, or make the game unplayable if you go I too far. So. So can a, a few of the like Final Fantasy VI had at least one that could do that, and so did Romancing Saga too. Okay. The sketch bug in early copies of Final Fantasy VI will do it. There is a very specific bug in uh, Donkey Kong Country Two in a very strange set of unintended interactions can break the cartridge as well. Uh, um, in Romancing Saga Two, there is a very specific arrangement of magic spells that you can do to turn mm -hmm. yourself into a lich with nothing that you can actually use because mm -hmm. the lich the sh and the wraith form has certain limitations on which spells it can use for its infinite mp trick mm -hmm. and so if you arrange it so that you don't actually have anything usable it will try to open up an empty menu box um mm -hmm. after you transform into it and that will break the game okay <laughs> I don't know what the uh, sketch bug specifically was in Final Fantasy VI, but I do know if you played the game long enough, it would still break the the cartridge. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was possible to break out of sex in a couple of ways, but the sketch bug was most notable for it. Um, do not sketch the giant easy. invisible monster. In general, yes. Um, yes. Very specifically, that one. That one will mess you up. Yeah. yeah no, uh, some I... of the others were just fun, but some of them could actually break the cartridge. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I know that sometimes when I would be grinding on the Velt, if I was there for around just, you know, doing monsters, because I've, I've mentioned before that the monsters have a specific sequence when it resets. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell when it resets because, like, the very first two fights is going to be four flans. And then mm -hmm. followed by that is going to be the sort of lizard monster with two of the vulture-looking things that were found in the Magitech factory. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, a couple more in that series. But that's when it would reset. So, you know, spending, like, as a kid, you know, summer break, you know spending like six or seven hours on the veld just grinding away magic you know magic points and money and and getting rages i had instances where not even with sketch where the game would just completely go bonkers on me mm -hmm. well yeah but I, I, when i when i say brick the cartridge i'm not saying like the game like the the game would fuck up i'm saying that you would it was possible for Getch to actually fuck up the cartridge in a way that was like you could not continue to play the game me, yeah. even if you reset it. Oh, you wow. corrupted the game to the point where it was a brick. Mm -hmm. And as mentioned, uh, DKC2 has a very specific, strange set of unintended circumstances that can brick that cartridge as well. It's, it's very rare they do happen. Uh, Wheels, are you still awake? I think he left. He's That's coming tough. back, though. 
Um, oh. Did we talk about the Blizzard layoffs? Yeah, we they've been mentioned. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's wild. I'm not surprised. So they just acquired Activision Blizzard for all that money, and, and now they need to mitigate those losses, huh? <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, for one thing, yeah, for, for one thing, as mentioned, uh, every uh, Activision would have probably laid off probably not quite as many people, but a pretty similar number. They were infamous for laying off hundreds, maybe in excess of a thousand employees. Even in times when it just made no sense at all. And the other thing is that post merger, yeah, that's just what happens. And it sucks. It sucks very bad. Yep. Yeah, because they okay. also laid off Xbox people too, separate from the ABK. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we even know if we're still recording since we have to listen here? No, he, um, I think he just said he'd be right back. I think he probably had to use a. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Or, or okay, something with I wasn't sure if he had, like, I wasn't yeah, sure if he beat out. Uh, let me look at the stream. I don't think he's there. Let me see. No, he, he's... Oh, he's coming back. Okay. He came he's back bad. eight seconds ago. What's up? <laughs> All right. I'm not sure you're just no. trying to determine if you had... Uh, if we were going to pull up another final question from the chat, or if that was... Oh, yeah, uh, thank, thank you for the bits, Fair Miner. Um... Um, I was gonna, I was actually gonna jump off here. So, okay, good night. So, good news uh, is I before you go. Yeah, good news is I was just playing um the Epic Game Store version of Saints Row and beat that first mission. So now, if anybody wants to do co-op in that, then I'm able to do that. Yeah, I need to um, do that when I get back home. And my computer can run it in 4K in the highest settings. Hooray! And it looks slightly yeah. better than the Xbox version. Whoop de do. So, yeah, pl plug before you leave. Yeah, all right, I will plug real quick. Um, well, I just erased my whole Twitch schedule, I, so I just have no idea what I'm doing on Twitch at this point. Um, chaos. Does anybody? Yes. No, exactly, exactly. So, I, no, I'm, I'm still going to stream, but I might take a break from Twitch streaming for a little while, but it's twitch.tv slash Gamer, so you can catch, uh, you know, recent streams, mm -hmm. and then go over to YouTube, Smoke and Joe Gamer on YouTube, and you can find... Past videos, I, I currently have about 250 YouTube videos that you can watch going back, you know, about two to three years. So there is that. And, um, you know, just looking to uh, put more content on there, some form of content, we'll, whatever. Yeah. We'll um, and that's about it. And then you can chat with me on Discord if you want. Um, I'm on the... I'm on the Wheels Discord server, and I'm on the RP Gamer, and I chat in there with some people, and that's nice. Uh, and I'm on Mastodon, if you want to follow me on there. It's a social media network that um, does not have algorithms, does not have ads, has much better moderation, but it's also kind of liberally biased, so you just a heads up for people who might be annoyed by that. I personally am not, but um, yeah. So check me out on those places and I'm going to sign off now and go to bed. Have a good hey. night. Alright, can I get Hi Wheels. Hello. How's it going, Cam? I am trying to get mats out of my cat's fur, so not bad. Oh. Uh do you have one of those nice little uh, fur brushes? He does or not combs? like them. Oh. Uh, really? No, his, the... his 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 mats his mats are really bad. 
Oh, that's like veter- um, visit to the vet level? or. Um, I can usually get them out. But he, but I have to pull on them because mm. he does not like being shaved either. I mean, yeah, that's understandable. So, all right, Toby, I'm done. I'm done for now. I got it out. Uh, oh, my sister sent my daughters two of the Bad Kitty books for Christmas. Oh, those are fun books. Those are cute. Oh yeah. The, together they're. Each of them probably the longest things I've ever had to read for story time with them. That did not have, I mean, that do have lots of pictures, but not as high a picture to word ratio as some stuff. And, yep. Like how how to give your cat a bath. That was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. Uh. <laughs> So, anything interesting on the question line tonight? Uh, Fireminer, there was actually more to the question from before. But, where the hell is it? Hold on. Uh, uh, hold, please. I don't know, I can't find it. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. Right after talking about King of Amalur, he said, and Dotori Kun. The last of which was made by Sega so that the AstroCab arcade machines could have something to pass the Japanese government inspection at the time. <laughs> that might count as a scam as well. That's yeah. fair. Uh, yeah, right there with um, was it, what, what was the movie that was made that was just made just to satisfy a a licensing requirement? Like, I mean, that's a lot. You probably. Yeah, you were probably thinking yeah. Fantastic Four. There's dis there's dispute on that whether that was uh, literally made for that purpose or if they honestly intend to release it. I think it probably in part depends upon who you're asking. I'm sure that Roger Corman was like, "Yeah, sure, we'll release that shit." Uh, whether the studio ever wanted to is a different question. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt that Roger Corman would have been all for just releasing whatever because he did release whatever. To be fair, it's more entertaining than the other Fantastic Four movies, so that's something. <laughs> yes, that's that's a wonderful indictment of those two movies, yes. <laughs> those three movies. Oh, there was a sequel they in there, so when they, there was there. Oh, it was it. the reboot. They rebooted it. Yeah, yeah I, Fantastic I, Four, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Fant Fortastic. I, I remember the two... Um, I remember the two uh, reboots. I did not remember that one of them had a sequel. Yeah. The yeah. Rise of the Silver Surfer. What if? But yeah. What if Galactus, a giant purple man, is not cool enough for American audiences, but a menacing cloud is clearly much cooler? Right. Uh, I'd be down. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a time we were scared of the wind for a minute there. There's a happening. There's Fant Fortest. Uh, yeah. I actually didn't God. hate those two movies, but they are not good. They're, they're not fun in the way yeah. the Roger Quan. I think it was just because uh, I had the hots for Jessica Alba. 
I think that would had a lot to do with it. You and many others. That, um, yes. that was that was one item in its favor. Yes. Yes. Was that was that before or after you found out that she was kind of crazy? I did not. Know definitely that. before. And I don't. I don't want to know. No, yeah, we're not going. Don't want to know. You're not doing no. this. If it's before today, then yes, it was before. Okay. <laughs> we are. We are. We are not doing this. So moving on. We do not um, need a today I learned moment, please. But yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Yeah, okay, so random other topic. Um, so this week I finally got to see the Super Mario Brothers movie. It was like, okay, I going into this, okay, I understand that this is pr definitely going to be a movie that's going to try and please the fans as much as possible. It opens up with the with Mario and Luigi having their own plumbing services commercial on TV. And like, I know this music. <laughs> this is a remix of the rap segment at the start of the Mario Brothers the TV Mario show. Brothers. <laughs> yes, the American TV show. <laughs> it's like the I, first two lines are identical. I, I have so like, the first. I have the first season box set on my shelf. Nice. I have I a, use it. <laughs> like yes, of all the obscure I references, a, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who like. Mm -hmm. His, his kids are like loved the Mario movie, are obsessed with it. They saw that those cartoons exist, and like, oh no, begged him to like see oh, them. No. He's, he's like trying to tell them, no, I had these when I was a child. They're bad. You don't want to watch them. Eventually, he relents and lets them see the see the like watch an episode, and like ten minutes in, they are begging him to turn it off. <laughs> Hey, did you know that they made an, an, uh, another Mario movie before this one? Huh? Oh, God, you don't want to no. see that one either. Hey, kids. That qualifies as cruel and unusual punishment. Listen, I would I not mean, show that it, to a child. TV show, when it makes the TV cartoon look better in comparison. Listen, I, I, I'm going which, to... I, which I'm going to of the TV cartoon? They're um, all bad. <laughs> they're all bad. First one, not, not Club Mario. Well, I, I really enjoyed the uh, one where it was SMB3. Uh, oh. Uh, um, the, although they the, did uh, have was, that Millie Vanilli crossover episode. That was Super Mario That's way World. way funnier. Um, I mean, that had Yoshi. That was Super Mario World. Super yeah, Super there was Mario a Super Mario, Mario World Super one. Mario. Super but Mario but before, World. Yeah, that's, that was the okay. second series. Yeah. So I'm cutting off this cacophony for two reasons. One, oh god, I don't want to think about this cartoon anymore. And two... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to argue that uh, the Mario cartoons are significantly less entertaining than these live-action Mario uh, movie, which I would not show to a child just because they loved the, the new one, because obviously they're not going to enjoy that. But yeah. that movie is fucking stupid in the best ways and extremely funny. Well, that's because yeah. the, the two leads were drunk the entire... <laughs> That's not the only reason that it's funny. It's also just deeply misguided in a way that's very fascinating. Like, no, no one looked at Mario and was like, "You know what the Mushroom Kingdom is? It's fucking cyberpunk." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but well, someone, someone was able to convince enough people that they should try that that it became the movie. It's such a terrible movie. It's a great it's movie, really but it's funny. a terrible movie. It's garbage, but it's really, really fine. 
And uh, that, uh, I think that counts for quite a bit, as opposed to the cartoon, which is mostly just garbage and really, really boring, uh, as someone who has seen significantly too many episodes of it in, within the last five episodes. Uh, yeah, all I've got is uh, like 30-year-old memories going on, and so it's things like, okay, Toad gets a, su a, met, uh, a superstar and becomes a literal road warrior parody. Like, yeah, okay. like yeah, it, it just becomes sort of like the it it turns into like a very generic cheap eighties cartoon. Uh, yeah. Although the the bits the bits where they have like a celebrity interacting with Lou Albano and Danny Wells are generally pretty funny, but mm -hmm. generally not generally not for intentional reasons. But they're at least like okay, this is stupid in a fun way. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, the, the cartoons themselves are just sort of like this, the, the sort of thing that happened with 80s cartoons where it's like, yeah, we had one dude write like 30 episodes of this, and he just turned in whatever he had. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I'm just saying that it was really fun just at the very start of the movie hearing that and realizing, oh, I know where this came oh, from. Oh, yeah, extreme. I, this movie was at least partly made for me. Um mm. Yeah. Like it's made I just for hope fans, it's better than like... the cartoon for the rest of it, and it was. I need, I need to see. Josh, I gotta see the movie. I've heard such good things. It's really yep. fun. Mostly from wheels. Peaches, 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 peaches. Oh God, stop! I like <laughs> the fact that he performed that live. Yes. Yes. Of course he did. It's, it's yeah. such a um, thing to do. You don't bite me. <laughs> Bad kitty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I haven't eaten and I'm tired, so we're gonna pick up this a little thing. Uh, oh, so. Uh, Gaijin. Oh. You're on. Oh, about yeah. pizzas. Yes, well, I, I just spent a good portion of this morning adding little please read the next one bits to the end of each ebook of Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Again, just to make sure that everything was properly formatted and a mm. few more random ra um, typos caught. So yes, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. It looks like all of the edits have gone through at this point, yay. Um, now in new revised editions. <laughs> Oh, no, it's only just the very end that says, please look me up on Twitter, whatever. Um, <laughs> or ac um, accurately pointing to the next book or book um, or episode or stories in the set. Mm. Yeah. So, yes, so if you enjoy tabletop role-playing games, if you enjoy um, re um, like reading or watching other people playing tabletop role-playing games, and this is very much a thing across the internet these days... And if you don't mind a wonderfully fictionalized account of somebody else's game campaign and all of the idiosyncrasies that go with it, we have P Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. And as of right now, the only thing I'm waiting for from Kindle is the announcement that the next new st um, short story is in the works, um, or is soon to be available. It's officially one of the side stories, but it's also longer than most of the episodes. It was a, it's a nice one. So check that one out, too. All fun. 
Um, granted, it you kind of need to re- have read at least two, one episode, one short story, and a novel before it to ma- for it to make sense. But that's what you get for being seventeen ebooks into a series. Um, <laughs> the really small, yay! Yes. So the the sale has been over for like two weeks, but um, they're still really very reasonably priced. So yeah. have at it, please. Yeah. And Tam, what's the RP Gamer streaming schedule looking like? Uh, the RP Gamer streamer schedule is taking a bit of a uh, weird turn this week, as some people have decided <laughs> to change schedules again. So hooray! Hooray! So we still have uh, Scar and Hairfrog double teaming on Sunday, back to back, or tag teaming, I should say. Uh, in the mornings, uh, and then Mondays we currently have uh, still Hero Harmony in the afternoon. Tuesdays mm-hmm. I am still there in the morning, uh, and uh, right now I am playing Stranger Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I I just got through the Mirage Tower. Nice. Which is a very early game still, of course, but I'm ha- I'm having mm. I'm having fun with it. It's mm. it's it. The writing's hokey as hell. I but think it's... that it's cleverer than people give it credit for, and I think trying to claiming that is going to break at least one person's brain on the backtrack. Well, I'm still very <laughs> early on, so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying that there. I mean, when we were discussing it on in the background of recording a different backtrack, I think I nearly broke the so, uh, look forward to that when we get to the Stranger Paradise. Thing. Yeah, so uh, I'm playing that. Unfortunately, Hairfrog has uh, now moved his Tuesdays to Wednesdays, so he's no longer after me on Tuesdays. But then, now you're alone. But we do ha- still have Scar in the evening doing his retro wheel on Tuesdays. Uh, then mm-hmm. Wednesdays, so we'll now have Hairfrog in his usual spot, but on Wednesdays with uh, Hero Harmony in the evening. On Thursdays, it is only I still in the AM, which is has been mostly me playing got uh, Nikkei Goddess of Victory story elements every week because every week I have at least something to do. And then Fridays, well, we have a uh, hair frog uh, in the morning in the midday with Scar in the evening, and Saturdays we have the tag team that is Spare Ombres with his uh, dunge- dungeon crawling for spare parts. See what we did there? Nice. And then uh, RPG Seal of cat approval. after him. The wheel of approval? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't show up for a retro wheel. What's up with that, man? When is that? That's Scar streams Tuesdays and Fridays, where he spins a wheel of SNES RPGs. Yeah, I'm busy on Friday's Destiny Raid Night. Sorry. Um, we we know you like bad games. Uh, I do. That's why I play Neptunia games. But you love Neptunia. No. Okay. So yeah, there there's there's a lot. There are yeah. There's Every there's day. plenty to listen to. There's plenty to watch any given day. You're bound to run into something. There's uh, something to suit all RPG games. Um, mm-hmm. As for us, you can uh, we we had a bit 
uh, since I'm usually the one keeping track of the questions, this was a bit of a short episode. But you catch us on Thursday nights at midnight Eastern Pacific. Uh, you can also catch uh, some combination of me, Wheels, and Joe on Sundays Eastern Pacific playing whatever. Uh, sounds like it was Remnant 2, and it might soon be Remnant 2 again. It will be, uh, yes. But yeah, uh, so uh, you can catch those first on the Night Shenanigans. Uh, we always appreciate uh, questions. You can catch us when we're streaming uh, on Thursday. You can always ask us questions in the chat, like Dear Friend Fireminer. You can ask us questions in the podcast section of the Discord. You can get in the Discord by going to rpn.com and going to community. Uh, it's a lovely community, whether you uh, want to ask good questions or not. We always appreciate it. And you can ask us questions underneath the comments of the most recent uh, episode. We, we need to check back a few weeks. I don't think that happened this week because. Uh, but I, I would imagine that Gudgeon would have looked. So I'm going to trust that that was looked mm-hmm. at at least a little bit. Um, but either way, we'll be going back through a few weeks next week anyway, just to be sure. But otherwise, uh, I think that leaves us. Uh, I think that's where we'll leave you all behind. So see you, Space Cowboys. See you. Yeah.